1: Monday football Monday the premiere the most awesome the most perfect show that the SB Nation NFL show offers you I am our Joe, Joe he is Pete Sweeney he is Michael Kist we have experienced a Sunday in double digits as far as weeks are concerned in the NFL boys and amazingly the number of weeks that we have now hit as we are approaching week 11 is higher than the collective amount of wins that the entire NFC East has I hope you enjoyed your Sunday I cover the Dallas Cowboys for SB Nation Pete Sweeney covers the Kansas City City Chiefs. so we had a bye week. The Masters was a nice little prize in lieu of that. Michael Kist, you did cover, of course, the reigning uh, division champion, Philadelphia Eagles. Kist, how was how was your Sunday watching some Eagles football?
0: Terrible, terrible. <laughs> and, and I've told the bleeding green nation listeners that if they want an escape from Eagles news, if they want to listen to about the NFL more, you know, outside of the Eagles, to come check us out on this show. So if you if you want that Eagles talk, if you really really want that in your life go to Bleeding Green Nation podcast we got the reaction show up there we got the pressers up there we're talking about it not going to talk about it here so that's where I'm at mentally
1: (laughs) uh Pete Sweeney you celebrated your birthday over the weekend uh so the bi-week landed on a great time for you another year older another year wiser another year more handsome more perfect more debonair (laughs) do you do you feel reset with another trip around the sun
2: yeah I do I know that I have another 10 or 11 weeks of Chiefs coverage to go, so I'm I'm ready for that (laughs) now. I do want to say, I was thinking about you this weekend. I know you were very excited for the Masters and... Dustin Johnson kind of Patrick Mahomes it really just took it out of everyone else's hands wasn't really that exciting at the end so uh I'm sorry about that for you
1: it's interesting that you say that because I have long said um I am a huge golf fan and I don't know exactly if either of you know what Dustin Johnson looks like I've always said he looks remarkably like Alex Smith the former Chiefs Mm. quarterback um so we'll, we'll get to the Washington performance later let's start though boys the Arizona Cardinals taking down the Buffalo Bills who came off that big win at home against the Seattle Seahawks. Everybody heard the really fantastic story about what the Bills Mafia did for Josh Allen after the loss of his grandmother. Really heartwarming story. There's no question that the people of Buffalo are some of the most uh, down-to-earth, loving people that the United States has to offer. 32-30, to the final score after a 43-yard game-winning Hale Murray, as every headline in America has deemed it, from Kyler Murray to DeAndre Hopkins. Michael Kist, can you imagine trading away DeAndre Hopkins?
0: <laughs> David Johnson. And seeing why he was trending or must not have been uh been a nice social media experience for him. But look, let's start off hot. This is all about the eat of the week. And you know exactly what I'm talking mm. about. Here. You just talked about it. Eat, Kyler, eat, Kyler eat. Murray, Calamary, whatever you want to call him. He had some oh, flavor.
1: I like that on the Hail
0: Mary toss. 11 seconds to go at the snap down four points from the 43 yard line. And yeah. Murray does a wonderful job on this drive, keeping things alive and on this play specifically, but you cannot overlook DeAndre Hopkins' role in this one. Shout out to Bill O'Brien. One of the greatest games in football lore is the Sea of Hands game from the AFC playoffs between the Raiders and Dolphins back in 1974. I grew up on NFL films ingrained in my memory. This had that same feel at the end. Hopkins elevates three-on-one situation, 500 ball, and makes the grab of his life to haul in the pass of calamari's life and that's all she wrote in this one she's your year of the week and look this is a cardinals team fresh off a loss from the miami dolphins we're gonna talk about that but they find a way to pull this one off and they are in the middle of a three team six win NFC west that will be decided in exciting fashion over the second half of the season i'm jacked up for it
1: Pete, the uh, Buffalo Bills took a 30-26 to 26 right. lead with less than 40 seconds left off of their own impressive touchdown by virtue of a wide receiver that they traded for over the offseason in Stephon Diggs. Um, I thought this was kind of the wide receiver game with, with DeAndre, mm-hmm. with Stephon. Cole Beasley had an incredible game. Uh, amazingly, the worst performance from a wide receiver in this game, in, in terms of moments are concern, came from the future Hall of Famer. Larry Fitzgerald had that crazy drop that Jordan Poyer picked off. Uh, the Bills are a contender in the AFC, but they are certainly weakened thanks to this loss.
2: This was an interesting game, certainly the game of the week. I will say this, you saw the highlight to Hopkins going around throughout the evening, and when you watch that play, it just hit me in the moment. I'm like, this is the yeet of the week, so... (laughs) Given the fact, it's always that on your mind. I recognize that, and I, of course, uh, come up of the week was an award we've been giving out since day one, <laughs> uh, the most prestigious award on the show. I'm going to give the Eat of the Week award the Come Up of the Week because I knew it when I saw it, and so that was oh. big. Uh, Buffalo built up the 23 to nine lead thanks to a Josh Allen touchdown catch, which you have to
1: love in Another a game great against Kyler in the game.
2: Kyler Murray, uh, what do? Cole Beasley and I have in common we're both 5-9 and had a combined 11 catches and 109 yards and a touchdown in this game Beasley had a one-handed grab in this game that was just awesome Amazing. so the Bills uh, were letting up in this game a little bit but still in control at the end of the third quarter and Josh Allen threw a bad pick to Patrick Peterson his second interception would come in the fourth quarter by way of Drake Kirkpatrick. to the Bills credit their defense stepped up and gave Allen another chance by forcing a three and out right away. Yeah. A very nice job by Allen not to get necessarily heady there. A brilliant touchdown pass to Stefan Diggs. That really should have been the game. Then we know what happened with Kyler Murray and Hopkins. I think it's worth noting that Hopkins made the catch be- between three of the stronger Bills defenders in high, Poyer and White. Yeah. Those are three of the better defenders they have. I think sometimes in sports you get LeBron or Jordan, where you just can't explain it and you're on the wrong side of what will be a forever memory. I feel bad because I think Buffalo really could have used what would have been a monumental win. Murray's numbers in this game, 11 rushes for 61 yards and two touchdowns on the ground, 22 of 32 for 245 yards, one touchdown and a pick. You know, in the NFL, we have the fun player to watch rankings, which of course is Patrick Mahomes and then everybody else. (laughs) But Kyler Murray just overtook Lamar Jackson for number two, out with the old, in with the nur. Okay, oh, Boomer, my. Kyler Murray is number two in the fun-to-watch rankings. Oh, goodness.
1: I, uh, I did bag briefly on Larry Fitzgerald. Everybody's obviously pointing to the DeAndre touchdown catch. I thought the play before that was really impressive by both Kyler Murray and Larry Fitzgerald. Kyler kind of I don't not, not necessarily. It, it was a Kyler scramble, not a, not your average quarterback scramble, but just kind of quickly fired off a pass with time dwindling down. Larry Fitzgerald wisely catching it and getting out of bounds. I uh, didn't have the same drama as Larry Fitzgerald, you know, carrying the ball to the official uh, like he did in overtime against the Seahawks. Um, I I do think, boys, that um, again the the headline very obvious from this hail Murray, blah blah blah. Kyler Murray talked about it. never thrown a hail Murray ever before, but I mean people are missing the lowest hanging possible besides hale murray all right deandre beats bills all right like think about that like you know, beat bill o'brien and beat the bills that's just that's all he does he takes down bills with him come on somebody anybody anybody Come on, give me a, give me a, give me something. This, anyway. uh, we'll
2: workshop it. This wasn't att- a good attempt. You know? It's a it's a work. It's a work, it's a point. It's a point where you could work off of. Yeah.
1: This was the game of the week. It had it all. It had great defensive plays. It had offensive plays, and it was it was fun. It was exhilarating. Everybody talked about the Chargers Dolphins um, <laughs> game and the uniform matchup. This was a low key beautiful uniform matchup, in my humble opinion. <laughs> right. But on the subject of Chargers Dolphins, let's get to it. Uh, maybe let's get to a it uh the miami dolphins now six and three three and oh with tua as their starting quarterback 29 to 21 the final score as they take down the chargers the tua justin herbert bowl pete are you um at all concerned about justin herbert who you had said yourself was outplaying patrick mahomes individually for certain portions of the season
2: yeah that was before this is now i know (laughs) i know justin herbert is a rookie but if you look at this year as a whole though being honest he's on He's unbelievable. He's been unbelievable to watch. Coming into the game yesterday, his last five games were, passer rating-wise, 137-9, 122-7, 7 89-1, all right, against the Broncos, a little bit of a down game there, but then came right back 105-1. One. The Dolphins' defense and its pass rushers held him to 187 yards and an 86-3 rating, both season lows for Herbert. So I think if we're going to consider Herbert for real, which I would say he deserves, we have to take a step back and look at this Miami defense and Truth. special teams. Then you look at Tua, who has injected life into this team. He's not thrown a pick. He has not lost. Then you look at the playoff picture. The Dolphins are 6-3, and three, their best record through 9 since 2001, and are one win behind Buffalo at 7-3 and three after that loss we just talked about. Van Ginkle and Xavier Howard and Shaq and put some respect on his name Bobby McCain the AFC does not have a dark horse it has a dark dolphin
0: ride Miami ride yeah let's talk about the Chargers A, a week after muffing away a game.
1: Which could be said any week ever. About, about the
0: Chargers, them. correct, because they do have the worst-ranked special teams unit, and the, the Chargers charged early in this one. First drive, they get a punt block. Pete mentioned his name, linebacker Andre Van Ginkle, who, if you remember, had a fumble return for a touchdown last week. Who is this kid? This one helped to put the put the Dolphins up 7 nothing early. There was another special teams blunder when the Chargers jumped off sides on a Miami field goal attempt – that led to a touchdown. Now it's 14 nothing, and the Dolphins would never trail on this thing. Execution separated these two teams. Execution separates these two teams. And look, Tua looked good. But this was another game where he didn't have to do much. The Dolphins are playing right. great team football, complimentary football, And I'll give big props to offensive coordinator Chan Gailey. He has done everything in his power to hide the offensive line because they really don't have the horses up front. Now, they played well as a unit this game. Tua wasn't sacked. They ran for over 100 yards. But here is what's helping. PFF says that Ryan Fitzpatrick was top three in the league for quickest time to throw. So from snap to release, he was at a lightning fast 2.23 seconds. Tua is at 2.3 seconds after three career starts, so the strategy has not changed. I love the 50-50 trust throw to Devontae Parker on a bad snap. That felt very much like Fitz in a good way, but mostly they're incorporating quick-hitting RPOs and other hit-and-throw concepts, which I talked about with Mark Schofield on the Palpably Unfair podcast when the change initially happened. The ball is coming out... They're limiting Tua's exposure to hits. This is about scheme and execution, and the Dolphins have been crushing it in that regard. And as such, they they are locked in a race with the Bills for the AFC East. They have a legitimate shot at this thing. Remember, Broncos, Jets, Bengals, next on the schedule, three very winnable games. All roads look like they're heading towards a Week 17 showdown in Buffalo for the division.
2: I just want to note, too, on the Chargers side of it, the Chargers only got back in this game, if you want to call it that, because of a fumbled snap. Right. That was, I, I believe, the Dolphins' right. center's fault. At that point, it would have been like 21 nothing. The Chargers scored on, on that turnover, so it's a 14-point swing there. I've talked about it a couple times on this show. This team is underperforming so badly and losing so many close games that the decision on Lynn... It is sort of being taken from Dean Spanos' hands. I I don't think that he has a choice after what we've seen this year with you. It's so hard to get the quarterback. You can say that they finally got it. They got to get a new leadership in
1: there, I think, unfortunately. Matt Eberflus is going to be a phenomenal head coach for the Los Angeles Chargers (laughs) in 2021 and beyond. A few things from me quickly on this game, boys. Now, I don't mean this in a carbon copy sense, but, but to kind of echo what you said, Kissed, the 2020 Dolphins because of the way they are taking care of Tua and taking care of their offense, do have some Kyle Shanahan, 2019 Niners vibes, mm. um, ju- just in that they are very calculated, very smart, um, that everything is designed, not asking a lot from a quarterback that a lot of people I think would ask a lot from. That's kind of the peril of many NFL head coaches. And so, again, not not to equate Brian Flores with, with Kyle Shanahan, but um, it does feel similar, especially with a defense that, that is really carrying them, especially that secondary as you noted pete um i do have a qualm um so i i'm a little bitter i started in my own fantasy team which nobody cares about justin herbert over tom brady i still won so no big deal but as even though it helped me the late touchdown to keenan allen i really have started to hate this rule where all you simply have to do is break the plane for a moment in time like a microsecond and the ball can be popped loose and it's rolled a touchdown that that is going to happen to an absurd level i know zach ertz kind of had a similar thing happen kiss in the super bowl i think Totally legal.
0: Totally. No, you know, that
1: one—that one was far more legitimate. Uh, th- this one was a bit fraudulent to me, and, and I just—I mean, maybe I'm still sort of scarred from the Dez Bryant situation six years ago. That doesn't make sense to me. How you—you you literally have to break the airspace of the end zone for a second, and you're—it's a touchdown. So that—that um, that was but, what it was. But yeah, shout out to Tua. Shout out to the Dolphins. I was going to save this for quick hits, but because we talked about these two games now quickly, uh, Pete, I'll start with you. Who wins the NFC West and the AFC East? Ooh.
2: Okay, oh gosh, you put you put me on the spot here. That's I would literally s- the point. Yeah, I would say. <laughs> let me start with the AFC East. I would say that the AFC East right now. You know, we we talk about what wins championships. It's not offense. I'm I'm loving the Dolphins' defense right now, and I think two is going to be able to get better each and every week. And so I'm going to ride that Miami defense all the way to the top of the AFC East. And it's a shame because Bills fans and the Bills Mafia, which we just complimented, has been waiting for this moment for like decades. The NFC West is a little bit harder to predict, I would say. I don't like the Rams. I like to go with quarterbacks sometimes in these situations, obviously not the 49ers. I'm going to stick with Russ. They should get Chris Carson back. He's been teasing returning. For a couple weeks now, I think they've really missed that. The defense needs to play better, but I'm going to stick with Russ in this one. Mister Unlimited, I think he'll push them from six three to back to the top of the division.
0: Miguel, I think I think the Bills will end up carrying the AFC East. I still I don't think that's a referendum on on the Dolphins at all. I think they're still a playoff team that can and like who goes further in the playoffs. I don't know. Like they are that close for me. The the Dolphins just had a little bit later to start to to the season. Uh, I still do like the Bills, though taking over that thing. I think ultimately they're going to show that they have the better quarterback, and I think their defense, which you know there's there, there's some issues there, uh, is going to be good enough to where it's, it's not a big detriment to them. Dolphins, though, man, like I said, you got to give them all the credit in the world, and I would I would love to see them make a push in, in the NFC West. I mean, it's tough. there's, th- there's three. Good football teams, and right now the Seahawks, what, they've lost uh, three out of the last four? They are, they are de- definitely on the downswing. So it's about who gets hot, and, and to Pete's point, I think Seattle is going to be able to fix some things defensively, but I do think that the Rams are going to be able to eke this one out, and honestly, mm. I don't think a whole lot separates them right now, and I think you saw that on Sunday.
2: The Arizona and Seattle play on Thursday night, which is That's a national right. game. It's going to be fun. Sometimes the Thursday night game stinks. Really looking forward to that. The Bills and Dolphins play on January 3rd the last game of the yes, season recently. so who knows if they are locked up I mean that's that likely be a, a going to be the week
1: 17 game. Sunday night football game to your point Pete they always save that I, I'll say I agree with Kist um as 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 plucky as the Dolphins are I lean with the better quarterbacks in in races like this which is a vast oversimplification but I mean if I have to do something that that is sort of the propelling force for me so I'll take the Bills I'll take the Seahawks um, although I guess that's not agreeing with Kiss Kiss has some love for the Rams apparently let's talk about (laughs) the Rams who took down the Seahawks themselves 23 to 16 the final score the Rams now 6 and 3 along with the Seattle Seahawks along with the Arizona Cardinals so definitely I do think that all five of these teams that were we're talking about the 3 in the west, the 2 in the east are making the playoffs especially with the added wildcard. Um but kissed, I guess defend your Rams. Um this was an impressive performance. They did pick off Russell Wilson twice.
0: Yeah, so first of all, shout out to the cornerback duo for the Rams, Jalen Ramsey and Darius Williams for totally. holding the opposing duo of DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett to their worst combined output of the year, only 7 catches, 94 yards between the two of them. That's that's no small feat. And Ramsey gets all the pub. But it's the undrafted Williams who has been legitimately excellent this year. Two interceptions in this one. That makes four on the year. And think about this. He's only started 10 games in his career. And he has six interceptions. He also came up with a pass breakup in the end zone with less than a minute left as Russ was trying to work his magic. Worst decision of the game for me was the Seahawks. Down four. With fourth and inches at midfield in the beginning of the third, they end up punting and immediately give up a touchdown on the ensuing drive. And look, they
2: smited the football cards. (laughs)
0: Exactly. I get it that the offense was struggling. Russell Wilson was pressing. But you have a much better chance with Russ on the field, and you shouldn't be re- relying on your 28th-ranked scoring defense because your defense is a hemophiliac. Briefly on the Rams, Goff was largely kept wow. clean in this one, and he could chill and deal. Uh, Seahawks pass rush is is again non-existent. Now here is the problem for the Rams that I really want to watch. Starting left tackle, Andrew Whitworth, was carted off with a left knee injury at the end of the first half. Reports are that he tore his MCL with damage to his PCL. He is headed to IR. That's bad news when you're projecting the Rams forward because he's been very good in the run game for them. And as a pass protector, he has allowed zero sacks and only six pressures on the season coming into this one. Overall, turns out what we thought we knew about the West was wrong. And the Seahawks find themselves in deep water after going 1-3 in their last four. They need to fire up the stove and start cooking because this division is open for business. As for the Rams, this is their highest quality win of the season by far. Did they just catch the Seahawks on the downswing or are they figuring it out? Time will tell because they have the Bucs, 49ers, and Cardinals up next for them. And I'm already starting to sway away from my Rams pick in the West. That's how close this division is.
2: Well, what you said I think is interesting about the offensive line. The ultimate diss for quarterback play in the NFL is you're a system quarterback. Well, I think if there is any agreement amongst people who argue with it about this stuff on NFL Twitter and such, it's that Goff is as close to that as you can possibly get, Mm -hmm. which means you need a strong offensive line. And so I'm eager to see how he performs. McVay was clearly unhappy with the way the offense performed after the game. He says he needs them to be more consistent, and I agree with that if they're going to win this division. This is the toughest division in football. I I think the key sequence in this game was 17-10. In the second, Jamal Adams forces a turnover, and Russell Wilson makes a terrible decision two plays later where he could have easily run for the first down, but saw a receiver to his left, chucked it into the end zone. It was an an interception, and the game kind of got out of hand from there. DK Metcalf now has been shut down by both the Cardinals uh, and he has been shut down by Jalen Ramsey with uh, Peterson and then now Ramsey. Uh, That's the key. I mean, you need an elite cornerback if you have it, but just – Manning up on him all day seems to curb him and, and that leads to having an, a significant advantage. Again, a lot easier said than done because you need that type of play on your team. But if you have one follow Metcalf and see what happens. And so that was kind of my takeaway for this game.
1: DK stat line, obviously not great, but his first target didn't even come till extremely late in the third quarter, which really kind of speaks to what this game was. Um, I've been inspired by both of the awards that my colleagues, on Monday, football Monday hand out every week. And I was inspired by the fact that obviously due to uh, the climate of our world, we had a fall master. So from now on every week, I will be awarding a green jacket of the week, (laughs) uh, Th- this week Dustin Johnson shares it with Leonard Floyd who I thought was one of the bigger reasons why the Seahawks excuse me why the Rams won this game uh, three sacks gave me some OG Robert Quinn vibes in in that uniform particularly uh was very kind of that that thinner sort of pass rusher yeah. off the edge was a lot of fun um I saw a tweet I'm sure you saw this kiss I don't know if you did Pete from uh, a friend of the show Steven Ruiz uh it was a photo of uh the NBA draft is this week of Dirk Nowitzki uh. winning the MVP trophy in 2007, obviously after the blowing of the first round to the Golden State Warriors, a team that would go on to have some mild success. And he was talking about how that would be Jamal Adams signing his contract extension with the Seahawks as an agreement from all parties involved that it was a bad sort of trade. I agree with you, Pete, that Jamal Adams uh, certainly impacted this game and impacts a lot of games, but this is a I don't want to say it's a, a round, what is it, round peg in a square hole, square peg, round hole, whatever, but there is a, a, a funk to this, don't you think, Kiss? Yeah,
0: I, I think when you look at their EPA before this game, this is, and again, Adams had a big impact on this game, but overall, for the life of the season, the Seahawks' defensive EPA is the exact same as when he's on the field as opposed to right. when he's off the field. Oh, boy. Yeah, so that's not the type of impact that you're looking for. Now, again, great game from him in this one, but overall has not been the difference maker that you expected, and and as such, the trade is looking bad for them.
1: Very interesting. Uh, Well, we have a few more games and a few more things to get to, but before we do, we're going to take a break so that our friends at the Oddcast can sing songs of praise in the name of Monday, Football Monday. We'll be back after a word from our sponsors. Welcome back. It is Monday Football Monday, the top show on the ESPN NFL show. He is Pete Sweeney. He is Michael Kist. I am RG Ochoa. and Jake Luton. Luton. Mm. Luton. Uh, yeah. What, whatever. Whatever floats your uh, boat.
2: He's the Lou. He's the Lou that holds the Jags together.
1: Damn <laughs> near did it. The Green Bay Packers survive and move to 7-2 and two, uh, with a 24-20 to 20 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars who now fall to 1-8. I was watching this game with a close eye uh, in terms of NFL draft positioning. Uh, there was a lot of wind! Uh, I mean, just massive wins in this game. Uh, I could feel the colors of the wind. Shout out to um, the Disney Classic. Pete, your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers uh, mm. being attributed with a 78-yard touchdown that mvs did. All the work. On. Uh, you know what?
2: Look, sometimes you gotta you gotta share the love. I know that Rogers shared some love with uh, his bachelor brothers, and so th- this was another example of that. I think along the way in the NFL season, you're you're going to have games that are just a little bit weird. To me, this fits the bill. Jacksonville out of nowhere, stifling Aaron Rodgers for about half the game to three quarters or so. In the end, with the game on the line, eventually the significantly better team pulls through. That's football. You mentioned MBS. He had the big number in this game with 149 receiving yards and the 78-yard touchdown. The Packers were down in this game and needed to score. And who did they dial up? The best wide receiver in football, Devontae Adams, reigns in the 6-yarder for the game-winning score. Kudos to the Jags' run defense, who kept Jones and Williams in check. Robinson... Looks good on the other side. He's one of the biggest surprises, I think, of the entire NFL season, undrafted free agent. It's eight losses in a row for Jacksonville after a five-win season and a six-win season following that run to the AFC title. And like Lynn with the Chargers, I think this may have to be a new regime by default. This franchise just can't get out of the way of itself with Doug Marone. And on the other side, ugly as hell win, right? But the Packers are 7-2 and first in the AFC according, NFC according to playoff standings.
0: Okay, so I I got an immediate question for you based on what you just said. You said Devontae Adams was the best wide receiver in the league. I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you, but I'm wondering, you had just talked about Tyreek Hill. Uh, making a case oh. for the best wide receiver. I mean, there's yeah. also Stefan Diggs out there. There's DeAndre Hopkins. Do you really, right. do you really mean that? Sandy or you say, are you saying arguably one of the best?
2: I would say one of the best. I mean, you get to a situation here where you have the guys you just mentioned. I mean, Hopkins is going to rise up the ranks right now, too, because all you're going to see Recently. for the next three days is Hopkins. But Adams is right there. Julio, when he's healthy. Tyreek Hill is pushing, I think, for that. I think by the end of the season, he may... Th- threatened for the touchdown lead yards lead so on and so forth so I'd say one of yeah it's a good catch I guess by you but if someone came up to me and said Adams is the best wide receiver in the league it's hard to make an argument against that
1: good catch maybe you're the best receiver in in the league
0: (laughs) I mean I wouldn't shut them down if they said that either but I would want to know their thoughts on it so I appreciate you clarifying there And, and look We're not talking about this game, if not for a 91-yard punt return by Keelan Cole. Uh, The Packers were, as Pete mentioned, the better team. And as the game went on, that fluky stuff got diluted to where... The wheat separated from the shaft. And and actually, you know, I'll correct that. Another fluky play that made it interesting was the Jaguars rookie cornerback, C.J. Henderson, punching one out from Devontae Adams in Packers territory early in the third quarter. So it was really about two plays, none of which seem repeatable or concerning long term. If you're a Packers fan, that allowed the Jaguars to hang around as long as they did. Adams would redeem himself with the game winning score, uh, the elevation over Henderson, to make it 24 uh, 20, add another in the win column for the pack in their trek to win the North. Bears are not going to be able to catch them. The Lions certainly won't. Uh, this thing is over as far as I'm concerned. I called it a- official projection. On the Palpably Unfair podcast last Wednesday, I called this division for the pack and it's looking like it's staying that way.
1: Um, Neither of you, in discussing the best wide series in the NFL, mentioned DK Metcalf. I know he did not have a great game on Sunday, but certainly in consideration, I would say, because of all the cooking that Russell Wilson has done. But not the best cook that happened on Sunday. Logan Cook, Jaguars punter in this game, I think should be heralded (laughs) downed punts Three times inside the Green Bay Packers ten yard line at their two, their three, and their nine. I don't know Punch that he love. was even the best special teams player on his team to your Keelan Cole point Kiss, but let's let's give Logan Cook some love. I mean, Logan Cook, by the way, uh, we talked last week about how the PS five and new Xbox were coming out. Logan Cook sounds like the main character of like your favorite RPG. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> God, I don't know. You um you dismissed Kissed, uh, the Detroit Lions. Uh you have said before that their head coach, Matt Patricia, has, I believe, a potato for a brain I don't know if that's a red potato a standard potato a sweet potato I mean that's kind of up to you uh but his team did survive against the Washington football team in Alex Smith's first start almost in exactly two years Matt Prater booted a 59-yard game-winning field goal to win DeAndre Swift's first start 30 to 27 the final score Pete I know that you are our Mm. fantasy man Mariah Carey's song about fantasy gets slept on because she has all the other top hits and whatnot, but uh, what did you think? Well, yeah, you, you were on, on the charcuterie board taking uh, Washington here, and, well, you got yeah, a lot of egg on your face no, right now. No How's doubt it about feel? it. Uh,
2: well, I, I do have a bone to pick with Matt Prater in this game. I'm thinking about 2032, Pete, 2032, the year where I'm getting ready with my best gal to see the feature film, Alex, which is based on the true story. A man pieces his leg back together to make his first start in two years, and after being down 24-3, he rallies his team back into the game to tie it with less than 20 seconds in the fourth. This was supposed to go to overtime. Alex was supposed to throw a touchdown pass. And we were supposed to hear celebration by Kanye West, not hallelujah <laughs> by Jeff Buckley. Why did you ruin the movie with a 59-yard field goal, Matt Prater? I don't want to hear hallelujah. I want to hear Kanye. You mentioned fantasy. DeAndre Swift got the first start, and with it, 20 touches. I love Adrian Peterson. I love what he did for the game. Swift should be seeing that action every week. I've been on that. You forget sometimes the poise of Matt Stafford to put his team in positions to make big plays. He did so in this game. Fifty-five yard touchdown to who? Marvin Hall. Twenty-seven yard touchdown to Marvin Jones. Lions get the win without Kenny Galladay, one they needed to stay in the mix at four and five. And by the way, four and five Lions, right? If you're interested in media study like myself uh, kissed always brags i got a masters degree from Syracuse university right here watch Go the, orange. watch the difference this week between the lions 4 and 5 and the patriots 4 and 5 nobody's going to take the lions seri- seriously while the nobody's patriots should. are back in the mix 4 and 5 same record completely different stories
1: watch kissed uh we mentioned at the top that the Philadelphia Eagles did play. They did lose, obviously, to the New York Giants. The biggest and most flagrant thing that happened to the NFC East all Sunday long was Chase Young's um, unfortunately timed penalty. Uh, took some ownership afterwards, which was impressive from the young man. But, yeah,
0: no bueno. Yeah, look, Chase Young is going to be fine. And you know who's not going to be fine is Matt Patricia. Up 24-3 <laughs> oh! to three in the second half. This Matt mm. Patricia squid brained coached team still manages to screw it up while allowing <laughs> half of Alex Smith to throw for three hundred and ninety yards. Well, half
2: an Alex Smith. His leg has been re he's got a bionic leg. Yeah. And I don't I don't care if it's Mr. Potato head brain for the coach Mr. Potato. rallies the team back. This movie is gonna be good. I get your get your popcorn, get your snow caps, get your soda. You might cry at the
0: end. Right, if if the Lions lose this game to half of Alex Smith, And I'm not trying to shade Alex Smith. Great for him. It's a fantastic story. But if they lose this game in fall to three and six, you have to consider, you have to seriously consider firing Patricia. And even though they won, I'm still seriously considering firing Matt Patricia. I don't care. They're not going anywhere with this guy. He's got a dinosaur mentality. He's done nothing to bring this team together, and he hasn't created a message for them to rally around. He's bad in all areas of the game. He's a defensive coach that's his defense stinks. He's just another in a long line of Belichick products that that can't stand on their own. No shade to Brian Flores. Right. But there's a boatload of other guys just like him that couldn't get it done when they flew the coop. And honestly, I'm tired of talking about him because this lion team, they they could be so much better without him. They are wasting a solid roster, a solid quarterback with his ineptitude. They need to move on from him. And all they're doing is delaying the inevitable and buying him another year by just being mediocre. They could be more than that. (laughs) They're hurting themselves with this win. They needed this Washington loss to be better. As crazy as that sounds.
1: You forgot to say, Kiss. that keeps a pencil in his ear.
0: That's the, so his that's the his brain is actually <laughs> teddy bear stuffing, and he uses that pencil to stuff
1: st- stuff it back into his head before it leaks out. He makes
2: he, he makes too many mistakes to put a pen in his ear. He needs that eraser. That's what's See, key. Callum I promise. think
1: Kiss. You go back to the potato head thing, and he's like Mister Potato Head putting the pencil. You know the way like he put an ear, an eye, whatever. You know we'll Through we'll the workshop brain. the analogy, <laughs> right? Uh, well, you mentioned it, Kiss. That the lions should have lost this game to, to better themselves, kind of a self-purge team tank, if you will. Um, like I said, I was closely watching this game and the Jaguars game we talked about as far as the NFL draft is concerned because I cover the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, well, as it currently stands, as we move into our quick hits portion of the show, uh, the NFL draft order starts, of course, with the New York Jets, who are on a bye themselves this week. The Jacksonville Jaguars hold the second overall pick. America's team currently holds the third overall selection all of these um you know orders always brought to you by tankathon by the way the washington football team now sits with the fourth overall pick the los angeles Chargers, pete to your point get a new head coach in there you have the fifth overall pick the houston texans who we did not talk about have earned the sixth overall pick but that of course belongs to the miami dolphins who stay winning in all capacities who should be considering tanking that isn't the, the cowboys are i think in that mix the lions are in that mix Who, who else should should kind of you know close up shop and say hey and I think we've seen the the forty nine ers start to organically tank a little bit. Um, you know, lost in the New Orleans Saints, obviously. But who else? Who who is who is not accepting their true reality? All of the Detroit Lions.
0: I would say it's Washington. And, and look, I mean, I mean, the the Jags are a good contender. Gardner Minshew is always going to be like that guy that you always kind of want to replace, but can be a starter. He's that hot hand type that we've seen throughout the years, right? The Ryan Fitzpatrick, let me just go on a tear for four four games and then uh forget who I am for the next three kind of guy. So I don't. I, the, the Jags are tough for me. Like, do you take a quarterback there? I think you do, but there's a lot. There's a lot else wrong with that team. I think Washington, if they think they're wasting a, a, a what's turning out to be a pretty doggone good defense, if they got themselves a real and look again good for Alex Smith that is not a long-term answer and Dwayne Haskins certainly isn't the answer there either so they need to go full-on tank mode
2: I don't know what the Jets were doing trying to win that football game they need (laughs) to lose every game this season (laughs) uh they need to stop I don't 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 tease beating the Patriots don't even come close to that I don't know
1: what you're doing you you might not even want to you could argue the Patriots for this this discussion by the way yeah
0: but like the Patriots the Patriots had that weird month in that area where like Cam couldn't practice with the team and whatnot. Like, I, I think we saw what more they're they're more like the team we just saw beat the Ravens than they are for like a, that Jets game, in my opinion.
2: And RJ, I mean, their last franchise quarterback was like a sixth rounder. Uh, you know, you forget that. And so do they True. need a top pick premium? I I don't know if they do to get that next guy. Uh, also the Cowboys I mean you, you think about this tagging and trading Dak taking Trevor Lawrence why not just go full on we're just gonna lose game I know RJ you would enjoy that um, I
1: loathe you with every fiber of my being <laughs> Pete um, okay let's let's get to some more quick hits um, I'll I'll start again with this even though I already started so I'm starting twice um, so it was a false start so to speak the Baltimore Ravens I don't think any of us think the take that Lamar is not a functional quarterback is fair, but those takes are brewing. Those takes are percolating. Lamar did not look great. And obviously weather was a incredibly unique uh, factor in this game to say the least. Yeah. I thought that that last possession for Baltimore was, yeah. was really embarrassing. I, I could not believe that that happened to the offense that we saw all of last year. Um, what is your panic level on the Baltimore Ravens kiss? I think it's.
0: I think it's getting up there. I think we need to see better. Like you said, the, the weather played a big factor. The guy threw thirty-four times in a monsoon and wasn't terrible, but he certainly didn't help them win the football game in, in any form or fashion. And I mean, they just need to prove that they can pass the ball effectively, consistently. They've been out of rhythm since I want to say like around the around the Bengals game is when it really started to to show up. Mm. I still do think p- people are forgetting that Lamar is the reigning MVP. I think Greg Roman has some things to figure out and some soul searching mm. to do to get that offense on track. So it's not just on Lamar. It's on Greg, Bro- Greg Roman as well, who was a hot name uh, in in the yeah. coaching search last offseason and would have been this season if he would if he would have kept it going.
2: Their schedule is not that bad down the stretch. Yeah. I, it's hard for me to be. Ultra panicked by that one drive when it looked like the worst weather we have seen this year, yeah. and Cleveland had what 50 mile an hour winds, what two weeks in a row. Hard to get panicked after one drive. They are still six and three. I I tend to think Lamar can't play this poorly after what we saw last year for an entire season. Yeah. I think they figure it out, and and there's an extra playoff team. I think they're in the mix, and we, you know, we've seen too many times, if you're in the dance, let's see who's playing their best football at the end. So, moderate panic, but certainly not high.
1: Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater both sustained injuries on Sunday. Uh, it was reported on Monday morning that Teddy Bridgewater has an MCL sprain and is considered day-to-day, so maybe not necessarily something worth panicking there over, uh, but Drew Brees suffered a rib contusion. I think it was very obvious that he was in legitimate pain. Finished the first half, but Jameis Winston came out uh, and played the second half the NFC South certainly looks rather interesting uh, a little bit more interesting than it did on Sunday which was already a high level kissed uh, it's Jameis time fun to see Jameis and only threw 10 passes completed
0: six of them like the stat line looks okay but he also threw one right to Jimmy Ward who dropped it but like look Sean Payton has only further cemented himself as one of the league's premier play callers with the dried-out husk of Drew Brees as his quarterback. With with <laughs> Jameis, I don't see that changing. What will change is the offense. The Saints just were not able to push the ball down the field with Brees. He was second lowest in intended air yards in the league for any quarterback. Lowest deep ball frequency of any quarterback. Now let's check that against Jameis Winston who in 2019 was fourth in deep ball frequency last year and first in the league in intended air yards. Now, that doesn't just mean that like ball go far and that's going to be a good thing. Uh, It's definitely more exciting, but there's going to be a lot more variance with this offense uh, than, than expected. Personally, as a fan of fun football, I hope Jameis Winston starts in the NFL for the next decade plus. So I'm actually excited to watch the Saints again, regardless if it ends up being tremendous or a disaster. I don't know
2: what the deal is with the situation. It reminds me like almost like a Seinfeld comedy sketch. What's the deal with Taysom Hill? They have Jameis Winston in there. I said he looked like the next Steve Young, and he's not going to play. You go know, with the crab leg guy. Like I don't understand why Hill is not getting an opportunity. Isn't this what everyone has been waiting for for such a long time? Yeah. And you're going to give it to the interception guy. I don't, I don't get that. So a little strange to me.
1: I do think that some of it, to KISS point, is Jameis is is kind of a, a a mystery box in a fun way. I I think you know, like the fantasy community might be higher up on on Michael Thomas on Emmanuel Sanders in, in the coming weeks because things could things could be different. I mean, you're talking about you're all of a sudden you're adding chalula to, to your, you know, chipotle bowl. Like it, it changes the complexity of what you're doing offensively, which will be um, a lot of fun to watch. Uh, New Orleans next three games. They've got the Falcons twice and the Broncos sandwiched cool. in the middle there. The Broncos that Pete Sweeney continues to believe in and pick for I don't know what reason. But All right. Easy. <laughs> easy. My my last, you know, starter uh quick hit, Jeff Heath, uh, speaking of the Broncos, yeah, what the picked heck? off Drew picked off Drew Lock twice on yeah. Sunday. He has. I want. I want you to do both. Brace for this. Jeff Heath, who, if you were unaware, uh, Cowboys fans affectionately called the Goat, kind of a running bit sort of thing, has three interceptions through nine games this season. The entire Dallas Cowboys defense has three interceptions <laughs> through nine games this season.
0: But well, I mean, that just says what you need to know about Drew Locke right there. He's just not good. He's throwing two interceptions to Jeff Heath, brother. <laughs> This ain't the game for you. Hey,
1: Jeff, Jeff Heath stopped the aforementioned Zach Ertz on a Sunday night football game in Philadelphia. So you bite your tongue.
0: <laughs> I,
2: I, I live in beautiful Kansas City, Missouri. Drew Locke went to Missouri. Maybe I got a little carried away. Or maybe I am wanted to <laughs> start taking a step back there. Uh, you guys want to say I'm so pro Chiefs on this podcast, and I am to an extent. But I do want to say if there's one weakness to their team, it's defense. In some games where Patrick Mahomes is outdueled, We're halfway through the season, and I want to mention two names to you. Emmanuel Agba and Kendall Fuller. Now, the Chiefs were up against the Cap this offseason, so it's hard to pay those guys. But if they lose in the AFC playoffs and it's one of these dual situations, I think that's a mistake people are going to look at. So a little anti-Chief stuff for you right there to keep me level-headed. Even after yesterday, I want to double down on my Bengals. I said they would get one between the Titans and Steelers they did. Next up, Washington football team. A tough, tough game for me because I do uh, side with Alex. (laughs) Uh, The Giants, Miami Dolphins, and the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, They should get those NFC East wins. Miami will see. I like the Dolphins right now, uh, but I don't know if you necessarily want to count Joe out. And then Ronald Jones, the Fleet of the Week, 99-yard touchdown. How are we not going to mention that?
1: 98-yard touchdown. I only know this because they told us a billion times that there were two 98-yard plays in that game thanks to the uh, Carolina Panthers special team's return. So, way to butcher that, but no big deal. Everybody will forget because this was the end of the show. Uh, this was a fantastic episode of Monday Football Monday, as all of them usually are. Make sure to subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show. We are available wherever you get your podcasts. If you can, you feel generous, like Pete with basically any NFL team, leave a rating, write a review. Those things are massively appreciated. If you have a question for us you want us to answer next, week ask it in the comments if you want to sort of camp out on eat of the week versus come of the week a lot of people are talking about the green jacket of the week do so in your review uh when you check out the podcast make sure to listen to all the rest of the shows on the feed throughout the rest of the week some um some like garage band production i think is on tuesdays not totally sure what it is (laughs) I, i think i think it'll be fine i'm looking forward to listening to it myself everybody have a great rest of your week this was monday football monday